It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, we're back in on a Tuesday. Thanks to Ben Byram for uh, holding down the fort yesterday. And... What a way to start uh, a shortened week of shows with me in here. It's ECU Director of Athletics, John Gilbert, uh, good enough to join us here at Top of the Hour. We will have our Houston huddle from uh, earlier this morning. That'll come up a little bit later on in the uh, show, but John has uh, come in uh, to uh, visit with us and uh, answer a lot of questions that are uh, out there. Thanks for coming in. As always, it's great to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, There's a lot of things with the fan and the game day experience that I I know you want to speak out to. Yeah. But I do want to start with uh, the fact that a record attendance and just an awesome atmosphere. It, it was as good as it gets. Uh, uh, unbelievable. You know, really started earlier in the week. You could just feel, gosh, even before that, I, I think when fall camp started, you could feel the momentum building. And it really was a crescendo up until till, uh, game day. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, just so many things to talk about, but but really, you know, record number of students, uh, obviously an attendance record. Um, not many schools put that many people uh, in one venue. And for us, uh, the image that that showed on Saturday, oh, awesome. yeah. the, the people that I heard from nationally, like prominent athletic people nationally that, you know, watch the game uh, you know, talking about how great the stadium looked and all those things. Like, we really helped ourselves in a lot of ways uh, by the, the images that were that were shown on ESPN. Think about the fact the last two ECU home football games. Cincinnati on ABC, really great crowd, really into it crowd, good game. And probably one of the better games of the weekend, a weekend of good games, and a, a truly packed, big-time-looking stadium. I mean, that's tremendous – Publicity for the uh, for the university and yeah, for football. It, it really is uh, to to be um, showcased like we were, and, and again for our fan base. I just can't say enough for. I mean, we, we had a lot of that uh, people in the stands at the end of the game yep. to, to mm-hmm. you know to see one one heck of a football game. So all that was you know very exciting. As far as um, you know, getting people back. Some of that uh, will kind of play into the conversation we're about to have, but is there hope that there will be kind of a, a pretty good showing on, on this Saturday with it being kind of an evening game and, and maybe not quite as hot as, yeah. as it was with the noon kickoff? Well, I, I think that we're trending in a good direction. I'd say we're probably mid-30s. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and could easily get to 40 mm-hmm. um, pretty quickly. So I, I think it will be another – uh, well, well attended game. As a football player and coach in your past, uh, just from a football perspective, what a game it was, though. I mean, kind of everything you thought it would be. Man, it, it, uh, I, I just love the way this team competes. I mean, we're physical. Um, you, you know, we, we've got speed and athleticism. 
you, you know, we're, we're so much better up front on both sides of the ball. R- really, all the things, you know, when, when Mike Houston was hired, all, all the things that we aspired for the program yeah. to be, I, I think we saw certainly uh, glimpses and, and uh, you know, a, a, a solid performance where you go, I, I feel pretty good about where we are. A lot of uh, NC State fans, uh, anecdotally, that either directly contacted me or again anecdotally uh, talked about uh, how impressed they were with the environment uh, and uh, how impressed they were, you know, with with the stadium. Because I think there's a certain generation of those fans that you know have a connotation of of, of East Carolina and ECU football that's probably not totally realistic. I mean, every fan base has its group that likes to right. maybe, you know, do things in excess. But that's not just germane. I mean, it's not just aching to hear. It's everywhere. It's, well, it's everywhere. well, when uh, when our parking lot's open and, you know, if you're a recruit or someone that's never been to ECU and you come in out of town and you see the the tailgating scene and uh, the, the pregame, you know, atmosphere, I, I mean, it, it it's as good as it gets. Yeah. I mean, we, we – uh, we can hold our own with a lot of places. I got here a little later on it for a game day than I normally do, um, especially for the first you know game and broadcasting out at Town Bank, which thank you for allowing us to do that. Out yeah, yeah. I think it's enhanced what we're doing, and I hope we're enhancing the game day experience. Uh, absolutely. We had a lot of people up come up to us this year. That's good. It's always good when you're on the air and somebody comes up and starts talking to you. Yeah, that's that's yeah. always the best part <laughs> of, about that. But uh, – Henry can handle it. For me, it still shakes me after you know, even even after these many years of doing it. But I, I just thought the whole environment was a lot of fun. And uh, but just pulling up, I was stunned how many people had looked like midseason form as far as tailgating. So that was kind of cool. yeah. It it was uh, it was a special atmosphere yeah. for sure. So obviously there are as there are with anything. I mean, you have a record crowd. Uh, you know, and and let's face it, anywhere you go now, there are. I mean, my wife and I tried to go to lunch yesterday at a, at a place she really wanted to go. There were open tables in the restaurant. It was a 45-minute wait because they have staffing issues. Yeah. So there's staffing issues everywhere. And, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm sure this may or may not have played into, into some of the ills. So I, I'll just before I get into specifics, because I, I didn't experience any of it. I was right. here in the studio. I had my, my chicken dinner and my uh, drinks, and I was, I was fine here. But obviously I heard, and as I'm sure you have from a lot of people, we've heard from a lot of uh, fans. So just kind of off the bat, I'll let you have the floor to sort of, you know, address what are a lot of concerns out there, and, and we'll get into some specifics. Yeah, it, you know, first of all, I, I would say no, no one is, uh, is as upset as I am about it. Uh, it, it is uh, completely inexcusable. Uh, this is... You know, I hope there are no Gardner Webb alum out there that I offend. But you know, I use the analogy that this is not something where we played a game against Gardner Webb, and you know, we expected twenty five thousand and fifty thousand showed up, right? And we got caught, you know, by surprise. We we knew this was coming for months, and we had talked about it with various vendors uh, for months. And so for us not to be able to deliver uh, is extremely disappointed. And, you know, we can talk about, you know, the reasons why and and things. Like at the end of the day, we have to deliver. Yeah. And we rely on, uh, you know, our vendor to, you know, manage and run our stands and be able to make 
uh, game time or immediate decisions when something happens. Now, we never ran out of anything, but we did have, you know, if one stand ran out of water, uh, we had difficulty getting it to the next stand. Uh, We had issues with credit cards not, you know, processing as quickly. And so, gosh, really on... It really started after the game. You know, I informed the chancellor where we were. Mm-hmm. I began talking to our concessions vendor mm-hmm. about uh, how upset I was about what what took place, and you know, have had multiple calls with them in meetings to to try to get it rectified. And so, uh, we do have a plan. Uh, you know, I. I I'm disappointed, yeah. and, and I hate it on so many levels. Uh, I hate it for the fans that you know want to come and have a, a great experience, and we want to deliver on that great experience. And, and I do think Saturday, in some areas, we did. Sure. Uh, obviously, the game atmosphere was really good. The new ribbon boards and video boards, all, all those things look great. And I'll even go back into last week from a momentum standpoint. You know, we announced two really big gifts. Um, you, you know, the the Clark family mm-hmm. and then right. the Sam Warnham gift. And I hate that the momentum that was created what was, uh, you know, there was a, a damper on it because we couldn't deliver water and drinks and you know, hot dogs in a timely manner. Like, yeah. it just infuriates me. Um, but I, I will say that um, th- this certainly has the attention of the highest levels of our institution. Uh, it also has um, a, a priority for Aramark uh, to make sure that's that— That's the vendor, for that, those that don't that, know. Yeah. That's the vendor— and uh, we we are uh, allowing moving forward for our fans to bring in two bottles of water uh, to the games. Obviously, we're still going to have water to sell, uh, but they'll be able to bring in o- unopened uh, bottles of water. We're working on uh, doing something differently with our card readers where uh, maybe the card readers will read more quickly and, mm-hmm. and not go down. Uh, we're working on that from a, a technical standpoint. And, and then obviously long term, we, we've got to discuss a different model uh, because, um, uh, again, none of this was by surprise. Right. Uh, and, and so I do apologize for that. And uh, we're going to work to get it corrected with our concessions partner. I, I, John Gilbert, ECU Director of Athletics, is with us. I, things are going to go wrong in any live event, uh, you know, it just – and it, whether it's it, – it kind of dominoes and becomes bigger or it's just a very small fire that can be put out, if you will, very – I mean, things just even, – even if there were things we probably don't even know about that yeah. needed to be addressed and, and were taken care of. I guess what is really frustrating is that this seemed to be widespread, and I think it's unfair for people to, to question whether you all had a plan – Obviously, there was a plan in place. Yeah. So, where were the failings with that plan, or, or does that really lie lie on the vendor, or was it some, you know, some form of communication that maybe broke down? Well, I, I mean, I, I think it, there were a couple things as it relates to concessions. Certainly, we we had 
I mean, probably more cons- more conversations regarding concessions than we have ever had mm-hmm. leading up to the game. Uh, you know, I spoke twice uh, last week to two groups, and the first two questions I was asked were, are we going to be prepared with concessions? Mm-hmm. And, of course, I answered, yes, we, we're, we're prepared. I mean, like we've talked about it ad nauseum, like yeah. we're, we're, we're going to be ready. And obviously, uh, for a variety of reasons, uh, that that plan did not work. Uh, we had some issues in the parking lots, right? Um, mostly with lot management, where people were, you know, pulling in and, and taking up multiple spaces, and it created, uh, you know, when people are showing up thirty, forty minutes before the game, there's no more parking spaces, right? And so. We need our staff to do a better job of managing uh, the lots. Uh, we also had an issue in the student section. Now, we do not oversell the boneyard. Uh, the okay. boneyard is in, uh, obviously, the end zone uh, by the band, but we also have sections uh, 21 and 22, I believe, is down there mm-hmm. for students as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so we had a record number of students, like 13,000. Which is awesome. Which is unbelievable. Yeah. I, I mean – Man, uh, thrilled about that. But what what happened was, uh, as students were not, you know, as they were directed uh, to to their seats, if they didn't get in those end zone areas, uh, I sat there and watched it, and we called, you know, a police officer to get out there. They they were basically jumping the fence and getting into the end zone area, and it created a. Um, issue where there, there were too many students in that area, like uh, from a safety standpoint. Right, I mean, right. they're, they're, you know, the, the, that area is meant to hold 7,000 and it had, you know, way more than that. And so uh, our security personnel, students were coming out, were going, okay, you can't go back in that area. Not, um, you know, not ideal. Right. And uh, we've got to do a better job of of reacting to that. One of the, uh, and I I got bombarded, as you can imagine, with. Yeah, me too. You know, email. Yeah. With emails, uh, messages, texts. Yeah. And and I've tried to consolidate some of them down. As far as that issue with the the students, and and I don't really want to peddle and, you know, I was told this, but I mean, I I think, but, you know, these are questions that are being asked. I guess the a lot of students are stating that the event one and that's sort of the crowd management vendor and the parking vendor, if I'm not mistaken, yep. uh, said that if they left their seats, they were not going to be permitted to come back. Well, well that that's what I was referring to earlier. Okay. Like that, it got to a point where all these students that should have been in like sections 21 and 22, right. they were climbing over the to fence. To get into the boneyard. To yeah. get into the end zone area, Okay, you know, by the band, the boneyard area. Right. And it created a uh, overcrowded issue. Right. And so the, the police, there, you know, people couldn't go back in that area because it was overcrowded. So the police are looking at it going, you know, we can't. We can't go in there and run everybody out. Right, right. But if people leave, you're going to have to go over to this area. You right. can't go back in there. So this had nothing to do with scans or no. anything like that, because that's been the one of the big, yeah. you know, speculative pieces. We, we, we've got to, um, 
we've got to look at alternative methods for the Boneyard and the Stewart and Pirate Club to, to help streamline that. And, and obviously, um, you know, we just had a number of operational breakdowns. Yeah. With, with Aramark, back to that part of it, um, that's a university-wide contract. Is the athletics component separate, or is it sort of supplemental? There, there are two contracts, but both with Aramark. Okay. And, and so what we need the personnel and the kitchens that are available on game day from, from campus. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, not, it's not real feasible to go, hey, we're going to go with this other group uh, you know, we, we need the infrastructure that, that they provide. Has that been communicated, uh, I guess, through the university, but also through your department? No, no absolutely. Uh, you know, I've been on the phone. And, and again, I, I just I hate it for all involved that that we're in this place and, mm-hmm. and we are going to fix it. Uh, but but for the chancellor and I over the last three days to be talking about Hot dogs and bottled water. Right. Yeah, uh, it it is not a, a a space that he and I should be dwelling in. Right, and, and it's unfortunate uh, that we had to do that. Uh, but right. based on what I saw Saturday, um, you know, we're, we we are involved with them, and we are working on a plan uh, right. t- to get it fixed. There are uh, people who, and this is a just kind of a complaint I got from. You know, people that are probably in the same socioeconomic space, I yeah. am, same place in life. You know, we we earn okay money. We want to do something with our family. We're excited about football. I spent X amount of dollars to go to the game. I missed a quarter because I couldn't get water. I was waiting in line. I mean, wh- what's your response to those complaints? Which, I mean, are legitimate complaints yeah. because people did spend their, their entertainment dollars. They did. And... um I, I hate it for them. Like I again, I can apologize. Uh, you know, we, we are we are going to correct it, and it's not a you know. It, it, there's a very high level of frustration with sure. it, just b- based on again the the multiple conversations we had leading up to this. Not not a surprise that we had fifty thousand people. Right. Uh, um, we we can and will do a lot better. You addressed, again, in case you're coming in on this, uh, John Gilbert is with us uh, to talk about some of, uh, uh, I don't say failures, but some of the shortcomings, let's just say, from the game day experience. And we appreciate uh, Mr. Gilbert coming in here uh, to talk about this with us. Um, The water bottle situation. Again, just to to revisit that, there are people saying, well, I was trying to bring a couple of, you know, unopened bottles in and they were getting taken away. Yet other, other people were free to walk in with them. So just to be clear, the policy on that henceforth is that they can bring two bottles of water in. Yeah. I I don't, I haven't heard that. That's the first I've heard. I now I've heard of, uh, a lot of other complaints of different things that went on. Uh, but, but certainly we, we are moving forward and allow people to bring two bottles of water in if they choose to do that. Yeah. Again, stuff I'm receiving and have received kind of look through. So I guess at least as of this morning, from what I could tell, this was kind of a legitimate complaint, I guess. But the ECU Pirates website, under the fan guide, uh, it takes you back to the homepage. If you go to Game Info, it says more info coming soon and has 2021 info listed. Is that, again, this may be a level that, but I mean, is there anything to that that you have? Uh, 
been able to investigate. I, I haven't looked at that. I, I'm not aware of, of where that is. We did send a response out uh, to our fan base this afternoon, you know, on behalf of Airmark of all the corrective changes that we're going to have, uh, and we'll get it out that everyone can bring water in right. moving forward. <coughs> Excuse me, John. As far as, um, you know, the – as you you didn't run out of anything, but just logistically moving things around. I guess that's also been well. Well, it, it is, and and I do understand that piece. If four concession stands down, they run out of water, and they have it uh, m- moving a forklift and and all that through a bunch of people. Right on, you know, at the last minute, it's not really conducive or safe to do that. Now, we should have had a better stocking and planning for that, mm-hmm. knowing that that is going to happen. And we will have that moving forward, but that was one of the major issues we had as well. Yeah. Um, I do want to, a couple other, if you have a few minutes, yeah. some other in general athletic things uh, to, to talk with yeah, you about. Yeah, happy to stay. So can we grab a break? Absolutely. And then, all right, so we'll do that and have more with John Gilbert uh, coming back, and uh, we'll uh, continue to talk more ECU with uh, ECU Director of Athletics, John Gilbert. Last time uh, we had John Gilbert on, we got him to perform and sing and rap. Yeah. Probably not today, but uh, I'm not in the mood today. <laughs> Maybe you need a night out at that old Charlotte. Oh spot man, to, uh, it. it uh, yeah. Well, thanks yeah. for coming in. We we appreciate you uh, coming in here. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to get better, but I, I still don't feel good about it. I, I yeah. was actually, uh, my wife and I had a call today with, um, we're working on doing like a will, estate plan, you know, oh. deal, because ours is expired. And right, right. Obviously would encourage everybody to do that. And, right. Uh, not not the most fun of Not the most fun, but, but, but I, important. I, I did find some humor in it. Uh, she, she... Um, it, it was a woman we were dealing with, and she said, uh, you know, do you want to be buried or cremated? And and the, my first thought in my head was, is is like a public hanging a possibility <laughs> as well? Because that, that, that's probably where where I would go right now. Right. Um, and, and I do and feel— And there might be some people who would be willing to help Yeah, yeah they probably would. And, yeah. and I do feel bad. Um, no, you—let me just say this. You, I could, I've known you for a good amount of time you've been here. You genuinely this this really disappoints you, but it angers you too. Oh, I I, it anger is more the word. I, I yeah. have high expectations, and again, I go back to if if we were surprised about this, right. like again, expecting twenty five or thirty and fifty right. show up, you know, shame on us. Uh, right, but but we didn't like we we knew this was coming um, and, and didn't deliver, and that's probably what bothers me the most. What we are, it, it ha, concessions has my full attention. Do you feel? Um, do you have you gotten communication back from Aramark and from Event One that they've? Yeah, we 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 are releasing a letter to our fan base this afternoon on okay. uh, you know Aramark and you know Aramark's not happy with their performance either. And and they certainly want to get it corrected yeah. uh, as well. One of the other unfortunate byproducts of of what was a fantastic game not the result any of us wanted yeah but i mean just a really well from a competitive standpoint an intense and competitive game and it, it comes down to the last play that's yeah. that's kind of what you want every game to come down to right 
was Owen Daffer getting from people on social media and on message boards and, and Lord knows where else, just, just some disgusting things said. Yeah. And Mike Houston, when we play that interview later on, kind of addresses a little bit of that. Um, you know, I, I think things like Twitter, things like these message boards where people can hide behind a handle right it's not their name their their face isn't on it you know that's it's that's just so wrong to be criticized well i mean look nobody's more disappointed than owen daffer that owen daffer missed the right game. but i mean if you had to you know address anybody making those kind of statements to any athlete yeah to anybody it's it, it just it well seems i i think beyond the pill you know, Saturday was one of those days where, you know, in in one day and and probably just a few uh, a few short hours, uh, you you saw the best and worst of humanity. Yeah. A- and obviously, there's some great things that that happened that we're going to continue to celebrate, but but also some things that uh, and reactions by people that were uncalled for in a different manner. And again, I I was very angry Saturday with yeah. with a lot of things as it relates to like our players, you know they're eighteen to twenty two, twenty three years old, forty two in Luke Larson's case, <laughs> uh, but but they're they're by and large eighteen to twenty two year old kids, right? And they have the same issues that you know that freshman, sophomore, junior in the dorm have. They're they're you right. know. Or, or that 18 to 22 year old that's at home, they're no different. Right. But they have this high visibility and high pressure. And, you, you know, uh, Owen's going to make some kicks, uh, some important kicks the, the rest of the year. Uh, those things happen. I just, you know, I hate the personal attacks yeah. because, you, you know, we can, we can say sticks and stones, but the reality is, uh, you know, it it weighs on people. Well, this goes beyond, you know, words. I yeah, mean, this no, is, no, this, no these doubt. These were some pretty disgusting. Yeah, and and uncalled for. And so we're doing everything we can to, uh, you know, support uh, all of our student athletes. Uh, you know, as they work through it. It seems like uh, to to change the subject uh, to some some things that I think a lot of fans otherwise would be talking about. Yeah, uh, Dr. Gary Overton. Yeah, I didn't think he was ever going to retire. He he. Um, well, we, I tried to call him on Saturday to see if he would open the gates. Uh, maybe we should blame this all on him. He, he didn't show up. By the way, when those buses used to park, they were very organized. This yeah. state brought too many buses down yeah. here. But it was it was a little bit of a maneuver to get out of there to get it, over it, to the studio. It was a mess. It was a little bit. What, what, I mean, what a career he had. Forty five years, you know. He he uh, started here in 1969 as a, a freshman. Wow! J- just uh, crazy uh, to all the the great things that he's done. You know, student athlete, assistant coach, coach, staff member, unbelievable work ethic. Uh, you know, excited for him. We're gonna, you know, in the state of North Carolina, you have to stay away for right. for so many months, and then we'll look to try to bring him back in a. In some sort of role, I was told from the broadcast side he'll be back for baseball at the very least. So that's... well, I, I don't know when he can come back. I think it's in March. Okay, uh, March one maybe. Well, 
yeah, yeah. for the most of the season, though. He'll, he'll, he'll miss the non-conference. Uh, yeah, he'll miss those. Those February games are so cold yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, I uh, love Coach O. What a, what a good man Dr. Overton is. Uh, he is. Just, He's the just best. A good fellow. Uh, the new soccer coach, uh, they've uh, reeled off uh, some victories, and I think they're up to three or four games where they've not – it's an un, unbeaten streak. I yeah, guess, now yeah. They, uh, they tied uh, VCU the other day, yeah. but before that they beat Wilmington and – ODU. ODU. Yeah. Um, re- really encouraged and, and – uh, Feel really good about that. We we actually play at James Mason, George Mason. Sorry, uh, I was thinking of James Madison yeah. and George Mason at the same time. Yeah, we play at George Mason uh, Thursday, but we have the Florida Gators here uh, Sunday. Oh wow! So SEC team yeah. uh, playing in Greenville. Uh, excited about that and the opportunity for the girls. Uh, he's just extremely positive. He's fun to listen to being from Scotland. Yeah. Uh, he talks funny. He does. He does. <laughs> uh, b- but encouraged about that. And then, you know, again, last week, uh, the the Clark family and, yeah. and what they've done. Uh, and then the Warn- Warnums, you know, capital campaigns going well. Soccer uh, had its largest crowd, I think, for one of its They did. We played was... Duke uh, back yeah. in, in middle August. And, uh, you know, largest crowd there. That's awesome. Uh, completely free and open to the public. So Sunday's yeah. match uh, against the Gators, uh, free and open to the public. Capital, you, you mentioned that. Where is that capital campaign right now it, as far as it's, it, it's going well? Um, obviously, we had two large gifts we announced last week. But, but I tell you what's really neat for me is wh- where we are in the campaign, it's going really well. And – we we had an individual that that sent in a ten thousand dollar gift towards the uh, indoor building, and we, we are at a place where every gift matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I really don't care what the amount, it it all helps in a meaningful way. But but what really fired me up about this ten thousand dollar gift, like a lot of the gifts we've received. It is the largest gift this individual's ever made to ECU. Right, it, and so that is meaningful. It's powerful, uh, and it says a lot about the direction of our athletic department. I I always like uh, to talk scheduling with you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to ask you some scheduling yeah. questions. Uh, obviously, you know, I was on Adam Gold's show today. We talked about, you know, we we had this great game this weekend, fifty thousand. Plus, right. 51,000 plus. Uh, they have a record crowd in Boone with UNC heading uh, there. It just makes sense, it would seem, for in-state institutions to play. And I don't think it's, it's not realistic to expect to play in the non-con every year. I, I think that's not not realistic. But to, with some regularity, try to play one another. Yeah. Um, I know last week you talked about the appetite from an NC State extension, and a renewal of the UNC series in football just didn't seem to be there right now. I, I don't... Not, and not from ECU's perspective. Yeah, n- no, we, we certainly would love uh, to, to play those schools. We, we already have app on the schedule, but uh, Doug Gillen, their athletic director, and I, uh, we were on the phone a week ago and even talked about extending it as well. Oh, wow. L- like, you know, let, let's uh, play each other you know, maybe every other year for a couple of years. And we have them. I don't have it right in front of me, obviously, but but we play app 
you know, a handful of times to the late 2000s, that that would be a good series for us to play really every other year or something right. like that. Does that swing back to Charlotte or is it? No, no, that's, be... uh, gosh, I can't, I think we go to Boone and then they but it, come but to home Green. Home, yeah, so yeah, yes, right, yeah. Right. Um, but but I yeah. back back to state and in Carolina, sure, sure. I, I'm just not sure that there's the appetite from those institutions to play us. Uh, we've got NC State on the schedule. We go back to Raleigh in 25. They come to Greenville in 28. We've got Wake Forest on the schedule. Uh, we we would love to play them. I, I'm just not sure what their appetite is at this point. What is then what is your philosophy with how we ought to go about doing this? Because I mean, it's it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky science. Yeah, I I think that you have to continue to work the relationship. Uh, you, you know, I, I look at w- when we go to Raleigh to to play them. You know, if you look at their non-conference schedule of the other teams they play. And in some cases, on their league schedule, we we would be the the best attended game they would have. Right, right. And there's a financial impact to that. And while the head football coach may not appreciate that financial impact, the the athletic director and the president do right. appreciate that financial impact. And so, I think you've got to continue to to work that angle. Does it get? Uh, dare I say political? I mean, that's had to happen before in this state. I mean, is there need, is the intervention? Yeah, I, I think that um, that certain certainly that that is a last resort. Right. I, you know, I don't I don't prefer prefer going that route because I've been on the other side of that before. Sure. Sure. Uh, but if if certainly a lawmaker who may have been here had a good time, right. enjoyed the game, you can't stop them from. Making putting a call into the chancellor at, at NC State and saying, "Hey, let's try to do this." Yeah, uh, you know th- those games are good for for everyone, right. um, and, and I understand on their side they're looking at the game. If if they win, they were supposed to win. If they lose, you yeah, know, it, right. it's uh, you know they're looked at differently. Uh, but I do think that the economic piece for everyone, including them, mm. you know, when we go there in baseball. It's a pretty good day at the the box office and the concession stand for them. Right, um, Wake is on that. Is Wake a, a Wake's possible? a home and home? I think that is in like it's like twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight somewhere in there. Ho- right. Home and home with Wake Forest. But is that a possibility to extend or again? Yeah, um, you, you know, I, I think they would be open to that. Right, uh, I haven't heard otherwise. Well, they they have some issues. They're selling tickets and. You know they do better when they play someone like Clemson or Virginia Tech or NC State or UNC because that they sell a lot more tickets than they yeah. would. That, yeah. would, that would certainly be the case with East and, Carolina. And, and I, you know, I really do like regional scheduling where our fans can get in a car and and, and drive to the opponent. I do think yeah. that's important. Would Coastal or JMU? I mean, are these ideas that have yeah? Been a, as you look, you know, you start throwing out schools. Uh, I could do it all day. Yeah, <laughs> and and what happens is you start looking at them, and it's so far out. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like I don't think Coastal ha- has an opening where it would match up with us till almost 2030. Wow, like, like that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll certainly look at those. I, I when I do schedule uh, and I look at it a lot, 
I always look regional first. Mm-hmm. You know, I always want to try to figure out something as close to home as possible. Next year is the opening game at Michigan. It is, yeah. There's a uh, a paycheck element. There is, that. yeah. Is that a – I don't know if you want to do that every year, but is that something – Given just where college football is now yeah. and how much money you can get paid. I, I think you can do those every now and then. You know, I don't like doing them every year because, you know, at the end of the day, it's important to win football games. And when you do a game like that, I'm, I'm not implying you can't win. Mm-hmm. But typically when those big schools buy and write a big check – Usually that means you are a big underdog going into that game. Well, and it's a tough way to make a, a living in it, college it, sports. It is. Yeah. And, um, again, I think it's okay every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not want to make a living off of that. Boise, Co- because yeah. what it does to your program from a, you know, wins and losses, momentum right, standpoint. Right. Um, you know, like I look some at some conference schools – that you know, you, you look at their schedule and you go, "Oh my gosh!" Like th- they could be one in three or one in four right. coming out of their first three or four games. Right. Uh, that that's not good. Well, and it because there's a lot of important games on the ECU schedule remaining, which yes. is why Saturday is very important. No, no doubt. Like if if you look at the quality of our you know games a, yet really, to play, yeah, it's a great schedule. It it is there. There are some really yeah. good football teams. You got Boise uh, with the series coming up. There's been a BYU series now that may change with them moving to the Big Twelve. Yeah, but... we we moved the Boise game from twenty four to twenty five. So we have an opening in twenty four that right. we're we're still searching for an opponent. And, and it's crazy because you know twenty four is like literally in the, up. in the scheduling world. It's tomorrow, right? And, and there's a team that wears red and white. I think that's open. That we yeah, just just you know, there, there are not many there. teams available. <laughs> right, right. And, and so trying to uh, most likely will be a road game for us. Mm, yeah. Um, with with a return late because again that's the other dynamic. We don't need another home game. Uh, we might need like a FCS game in 26. Other than that FCS game, we I don't think we need another game scheduled to like. 29 right and and so whoever we get in 24 we'll probably go there in 24 and they'll come back in 29 wow but does Boise and BYU from a branding and and a willing opponent make sense or is this is the travel too out of whack well I think the travel's a bit far I would have preferred that we you know schedule somebody a a little bit closer but you know we're, we're we're obligated contractually, right, right. Um, so we'll we'll yeah. we'll honor it. It's a good opponent. It's a good in opponent. Both cases, yeah. Uh, thank you for coming in. Uh, if anybody's just tuned in, we we've, we've not talked scheduling and Gary Overton the whole time. We've uh, talked about some of the uh, things that were frustrating for for many in Pirate Nation on Saturday. Uh, not to harp on that, but I think anybody who's just joined us, Br- yeah. bring bring two bottles of with uh, water with you uh, and. We're going to get our concessions operations, uh, you know, situated where, where we all want them and where we all expect them to be. 
thanks for coming in. And uh, it's a short turnaround to do all that, but I, I know you all have been working diligently through the holiday and even more uh, to, to do this. Yeah, so. thanks for having me. Yeah. Go Pirates. Thank you for coming in. All right, John Gilbert here. Br- uh, ben, let's break. We'll come back. You'll have an update, and then we'll have our Houston huddle from earlier today. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3 The Game. If you've been injured in an accident and need cash now before your case settles, Oasis Financial can help. Last month, Oasis helped over 3,000 people. Why not you? If you have an attorney, call Oasis Financial today at 877-266-9107. It takes just three minutes to apply. And once you're approved, get $500 to $100,000 of your settlement in as little as 24 hours with no risk to you. That's right. Get $500 to $100,000 within one day. If you lose your case, you You don't have to pay Oasis back, ever. So call Oasis today to see if you qualify at 877-266-9107. That's 877-266-9107. Better days start today. Get the cash you need with Oasis. Call Oasis today at 877-266-9107. Oasis is currently not providing legal funding in Arkansas, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, North Carolina, North Dakota, or West Virginia. Chico's Mexican Restaurant in downtown Greenville is the perfect place to get all your amigos together for some Mexican food, fun, and football. Chico's has been a game day tradition for Pirate football fans for over 30 years. Whether the game is home or away, make it a Chico's day for some great specials and the best chips and salsa in town. Chico's Mexican Restaurant in downtown Greenville and online at chicosrestaurant.com. Go Pirates! Get the latest on the East Carolina Pirates each day on the Patrick Johnson Show with our daily Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. Ben Barber here for 94.3 The Game Sports Sunday. We start with some disappointing news. Beaufort native and former Goldsboro and Perquimans High School and Elizabeth City State University and Livingstone College coach Elvin James has passed away. He had a big impact on thousands of young lives for the years. Coach James was 66 years old. ECU football head coach Mike Houston spoke to the media earlier today. He addressed Owen Daffer's rough day out on Saturday against NC State back uh, and you know he's going to have a great year for us and we have confidence in him. Pirates back at Dowdy Thicklin this Saturday as they host an Old Dominion team riding a lot of momentum after upsetting Virginia Tech. That game kicks off at 6. We'll be live from outside Town Bank Tower for our Bushlight pregame Pirate Game Day countdown. Pre-game coverage for our very own Patrick Johnson and ECU football legend Terrence Copper. Be sure to tune in at 3 Saturday and stop by and say hi to the gang if you're at the stadium. Officials at North Carolina State announced Monday that their starting tight end Trent Penix will be out from four to six weeks after suffering an injury to his left arm in a game against East Carolina on Saturday. His weekly In their weekly news conference, head coach Dave Dorn said the redshirt juniors expect to return this season and will not need surgery. Penix entered the 2022 
two season ranked as one of the top five tight ends in the ACC. Speaking of NC State, they drop in the AP poll rankings after a shaky performance against the Pirates. They dropped from the 13th team in the country to the 18th. Conference member Cincinnati dropped from 23rd in the country to no longer in the rankings after losing to Arkansas. The only AAC member who remains in the rankings is Houston, who now sits at 25 after defeating future conference member Texas San Antonio 37-35. They came to that matchup ranked 24th. In local high school football news, JP2 announced that they will compete as an 11-man football program starting in 2023. Carolina's making some late-minute roster adjustments ahead of their Week 1 matchup against the Browns. The team signed defensive end Henry Anderson yesterday and weighed defensive tackle Davion Nixon. Anderson spent time with the Colts and Jets over the past six years and was recently cut by the Patriots. The team also cut receiver Rashawn Henry and added receiver Preston Williams and safety Marquise Blair. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game splurts update. I'm Ben Barham. Now it's time for our Houston Huddle. It's time to check in with ECU head football coach Mike Houston. Hey, let's dominate today. As he prepares our Pirates for another big matchup, it's the Houston Huddle. Brought to you by Healthwise Pharmacy and Vital Care of Greenville. Now, here's Patrick Johnson. Mike Houston joining us on Talk of the Town earlier today, Henry Hinton and myself, and we started, Henry did, uh, with uh, asking Coach Houston about a synopsis and uh, his thoughts after having a couple of days of Saturday's lost the 13th ranked, then 13th ranked NC State. Well, it's tough when it happens to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know how that goes. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I felt all week going into the weekend that we were going to play well. Uh, we had the best Friday and Saturday morning of preparation. And when I say it's hard for people to realize, I mean, we're up at 6.30 a.m. Uh, doing walkthroughs and meetings on Saturday morning. I told the kids before we headed to the stadium that I was – had never been more confident in their preparation and their mindset and how we were going to play. Um, so I, I knew we would play well. I knew there would be some jitters at the at the outset of the game and some nerves from some guys that were playing in a in a venue they hadn't played in before. And really, none of our players had seen Daddy Ficklin like that before. So, um, but I just I was very confident going into the game. So, um, you know, as as the game went on, you know, the the, the first half. Uh, we had some some things not go our way. We had the block punt, which was you know self-inflicted. Uh, you know we had a, a, a turnover that was uh, you know self-inflicted. But uh, you know our, our kids were playing hard. Um, I just you know we we talked at halftime just about hey eliminate the self-inflicted errors and and you get a shot and that you know we were we were prepared and we were built physically and just from a preparation from a training camp standpoint to play four quarters of a very hard-nosed game and the way the kids responded in the second half is just you know it's really encouraging I think to me I think it's encouraging to them it's encouraging to all of us and to have a chance to win the game I mean to even after the missed extra point to, to three and out get the ball back drive all the way down the field and have a kick to win it um, you know all of us would have taken that you know, against the 13th ranked team in the country. So um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed. You know, I'm just, you know, it's one of those things you kind of do what the typical guy does. You just kind of stuff in a box and move on. Uh, but you're disappointed. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we saw the team that we thought we had on Saturday. Now we just got to make sure that we improve this week and a better version of that team shows up this Saturday. 
Uh, Coach, uh, certainly I uh, want to talk about a couple of different uh, offensive guys, uh, local products with uh, Holt Naylor's and uh, C.J. Johnson. First, Holt, he talked about afterwards his shoulder, and, and uh, of course it's his non-throwing shoulder. But to just play as gutsy and well as he did with that injury and with all the things that, uh, you know, seemingly were, were going uh, against him until the second half. Uh, you just comment on his performance. I thought, you know, from a from a sheer guts and maturity standpoint, probably one of his best efforts in an ECU uniform. Did you expect anything different? I mean, that's I, what I, I expected to do. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, right. that's, that's, the, that's the Holt Nailers I know, and that's the one that he's proven to be. And, uh, you know, I get, I get the pleasure of being with him every single day. And, uh, I've, I've never had more confidence in a in a kid at the quarterback position than I do him, and I've had some good ones. But uh, you know he's he's had a great preseason camp. I've, I've said you know he's he is playing at the highest level he's played at since I've been here. And I'm telling you, you know, what people in the stands can't can't grasp is you know he was facing a very very good defense, one of the better defenses we're going to see all year, and they threw a lot at him, and he managed it just exceptional on Saturday uh, and he gave us a chance to win because of that but uh, yeah handling everything handling the emotion handling the stage handling the game handling a, you know a, a little bit of a inconvenience with a minor injury right there I mean it's it's he handled all that stuff and and brought us all the way back and made great decisions down the stretch uh, and gave us a chance to win Really uh, great to see C.J. Johnson back, but productive as well. And then Isaiah Winstead uh, was was really impressive, the transfer from Toledo. Again, could you just comment on the performance of uh, of those two? And and uh, C.J.'s journey has been well chronicled, and, and it was really just really cool to see him bounce back in the fashion he did on the field. Well, and just the way he carried himself all day. So, um, you know, he's that that's who I've seen, you know, since we started preseason camp. Uh, and he's, you know, it's one that we say, you, you know, you're going to play how you practice, uh, and that's the way he's practiced. And so, um, you know, to see that preparation translate into that performance on game day, uh, you know, her, hopefully that encourages him and gives him confidence moving forward. Mike Houston with us uh, here on our uh, Mike Houston huddle. Uh, we're going to do this every Tuesday morning during the season. We appreciate the coach taking the time to uh, be on with us. Coach, I, I just uh, I want to talk about that th- those two goal line stands. Uh, you know, the defense played uh, so well against uh, a guy that uh, the quarterback that everybody was talking about, the Leary kid. The people were saying he might be a Heisman Trophy candidate. I'm not sure he had his best game, but I think we had a lot to do with that, or your defense did. Right. But those two goal line stands, I mean uh, – to keep the, I think they had something like seven shots at the end zone yeah. from the from inside the two yard line and didn't get a point right. out of either one of them. That was amazing. Well, and that you know we've talked about the improvement of the defense. Uh, you know, certainly I think that you know in 2020 we showed some mild improvement. I think last year we showed more. Uh, these are the same kids, third year in the system, and so uh, they got a lot of confidence in what they're doing. They have a lot of continuity. Uh, I think they play the game the way we've, um, you know, where our teams have always played. And they play with a lot of edge. Or they play with intensity. They play with physicality. Uh, and and certainly, you know, those those two goal line stands 
you know, the combination of that and the 50, 51 plus thousand pirates and daddy Ficklin on, on Saturday, I mean, really we created a suffocating environment for NC state and that's, that's where you, you had them on the ropes and that's, you know, that's, that's, it's just, that's disappointing, but you know, what an impressive performance right there. You just don't see that. You don't see that at any level of football. Yeah. And uh, so just really, you know, excited about that. Again, it's a very good offensive front. I mean, there's three, three sixth-year seniors, uh, four returning starters on that offensive line. So to do that to that group right there, uh, that makes it even more impressive. Hey, let me, let me go back to Holt Naylor's and the injury. Uh, is, is Holton okay? Yeah, he's fine. He'll practice this afternoon. Good, good. Patrick? Coach, uh, health-wise, uh, how did how did elsewise did you get out of uh, this first game? Because that's that's always something after the first one that uh, uh, folks want to know about. But health-wise, where where is the team that you can you know speak about at this moment? Well, good and bad. I mean, it's um, unfortunately Josiah Robinson uh, suffered a season-ending injury, and I really hate it for mm-hmm. that kid. I mean, he's uh, he's worked so hard to grow from. You know, the time he got here a year ago and was really excited about, uh, you know, the way he was trending during preseason camp. And so, you know, right now we've got to support him and, uh, you know, be with him in every way that we possibly can and uh, try to help him, uh, you know, uh, make it beyond this. And, uh, but, uh, you know, hate it for him. Uh, we had, uh, you know, another minor injury, but, uh, you know, kids should be back here soon. Uh, and then everybody, everything else just kind of bumps and bruises and, you know, general first-game stuff. So I would say considering the physicality of the game, we came out pretty good. You know, Coach, uh, it's it's such a, uh, a game of highs and a game of lows, and I think Owen Daffer, who by uh, our interaction with him in all accounts, seems like uh, just a, a fantastic young person. Um, you know, he Great wins – uh, wins a game in heroic fashion last year. The onside yep. kick at uh, Marshall was, you know, something that isn't talked about enough because I think that was a big turn in the season, but his execution there. So, I mean, he's won games and beyond even just those two I mentioned. Uh, how is Owen Daffer right now? And, and you know, when you've uh, had a chance to talk to him, I know it was emotional Saturday in the in the 48 hours since roughly. Uh, what has that interaction been like and, and how is, uh, you know, Owen's – ability to move on to the next thing here which which you have to do in sports quite obviously right well i talked to him saturday night and then i spent some time with him again on sunday night um and uh you know he's uh, he's upset of course i mean you know he, nobody wants to you know make those plays more than he does uh and nobody takes it harder than he does i mean he's he's a kid that takes a lot of pride in his performance works very hard at it i mean uh sunday uh, you know, Sunday afternoon at practice, he must have, you know, I, I, there's no telling how many kicks he's, he stood out there and hit by himself, you know, uh, while we were practicing on the other field. So, um, you know, he's he's determined to come back from it, but uh, certainly he's, uh, you know, he's taking it tough, but, uh, you know, we'll support him. Uh, I'm disappointed at some of the uh, actions of some people uh, yeah. and the way they mm-hmm. uh, came at him. It's very disappointing. I just, nobody deserves that, especially a 20-year-old college kid. And I wished, uh, you know, anybody that's out there, I wished, uh, you know, they'd help kind of, you know, keep that stuff from happening. But that's, you know, that's the world we live in. So, um, but uh, he'll, he'll be okay. He's a tough, he's a tough kid. 
Yeah, I tell you what, you know, it, Saturday was such an amazing day, and to uh, to have some of our fans uh, criticize uh, the, the kid who has been our hero, it's just kind of typical of college football fans, That's, I guess. It's not just criticism now; yeah. it's, it's it, it goes way over the line of that. Is that so right? I don't know. I don't. I don't know how much they're true fans, but yeah, uh, no. It's no. Listen, I get criticized every week. It, it's not what they what 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 they did to Owen's not criticism. So yeah, he'll be fine though. We only harp on that. Lord but. knows if, if you know. Let us know if we can do anything. I, you know, I said earlier this morning, he's our guy, and uh, you know, I can't imagine Absolutely. that you, you have to treat him like a, you. Know, you just kind of have to think about what, what what if he was your kid. You know, I mean, and he right. is he is oh, our yeah. he Absolutely. is our kid. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And you know, the thing about the situation is the the reason that it's disappointing to everybody is because Owen expected to hit that kick, and so did all of us. Yeah. Because we've seen him do it. He's done right. it. But he's human, just like the rest of us. That's right. You know, and that's he'll be ready to go. He'll move on. He'll be ready yeah. to go. Well, I hope so. Uh, how about the atmosphere on Saturday? Before we talk about Old Dominion, well, we only got a couple of minutes left, but I just wanted you to speak to uh, the way the fans turned out on Saturday. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's. I said, uh, I said a couple of times. It's that Saturday was what I envisioned when I took the job, and uh, you know, I, I talked about it kind of in uh, metaphorical. Uh, thoughts, uh, you know, early on uh, when we first got here, but you know, to see Pirate Nation back together and see the way they supported uh, our student athletes, and to see the way our student athletes feed off of them, and I think that's the important thing for everybody to understand is, you know, those kids they feed off of that energy in the stadium, and it was, you know, if you if you if you take away the last seven seconds of the game, it's a perfect day, you know, yeah, it's it's, right. the, it's the perfect you know, day for Pirate Nation. And, you know, you, you, you make one or two plays throughout the game. It doesn't come down to that kick. You know, yeah. it's, it wasn't just that. I mean, it's we had a chance to knock off a very, very good football team. But, you know, the bigger thing is I think, you know, we've brought everybody back together again. And yeah. so uh, true. I just I think that we got to focus on that moving forward. Uh, we need a huge crowd here this weekend against a very, very good Old Dominion team. Now, this, this is a good football team coming in here. Patrick, we got like a minute. You got anything left? Coach, uh, just a, a message uh, that you'll have for the players this week and, and, and I think for Pirate Nation also going into the weekend. Yep, 1-0. Oh. I mean, that's, that's the goal for this week. You know, we got to get better this week. Uh, we have to play better this Saturday than we did last Saturday. Uh, we have to have the same mindset. Our fans have to have the same mindset. Uh, we got to have the same passion. we got to have the same preparation, the same execution. Uh, we're in a dogfight now. It's, like I said, this is a team that just knocked off Virginia Tech. Uh, so it's a, a very confident group coming in here with a lot of playmakers. They play a very similar style to us. So uh, it's going to be a dogfight on Saturday. So we need everybody, you know, all hands on deck and everybody beating to the same drum to uh, to go and try to get a win this Saturday. So that's that's the mindset. Improve and try to go 1-0 this week. Coach, thank you, uh, coach, thank you very much. And, and thank you. I, I, I tell you this all the time, but I just want to say it again. Thank you for your leadership and uh, the way you have come to East Carolina and rebuilt our football program. We're proud of you. Well, I'm blessed to be here. This yeah. is a great place, and, and Amanda and the boys and I love it, and we call this home. So all right, let's, let's, let's have a great weekend. Go all Pirates. right, good luck. Go Pirates. Thank you, Coach. That's today's Houston Huddle, and it's brought to you by HealthWise Pharmacy and Vital Care of Greenville. Thanks to Coach Houston for being on earlier with us today on Talk of the Town. Also, big thanks today to John Gilbert for coming into the studio. Chris Cook, 
EJC Squared Cookie and Ben B. Baby Byram. Great job yesterday, Ben, uh, holding down the fort on Labor Day. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll have some audio from uh, Coach Houston and some Pirate players. And I think, Ben, I think the triumphant return of Hold My Beer. That's tomorrow on the Patrick Shot. Well, it's, it's long overdue in a lot of ways. Uh, so we'll have that for you tomorrow. Later on in the week, Jim Zoki and uh, also Doug Martin and Jay Sonny Sunholt. So a uh, packed and stacked week the rest of the way. We'll catch you tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. Join us at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. flagship station your ecu pirates host old dominion this saturday and you can catch all the action right here on the ecu sports properties radio network to the end zone touchdown every snap sack and score brought to you by our pirate partners teamboneyard.org moore's old time barbecue fantastic sam's and caribsy restaurants we are the pirates of ecu and we are your home for pirate football 94.3 the game Attention business owners and management, Roebuck Staffing of Greenville and Newbern is here for you. Will Roebuck and his staff are committed to fulfilling your staffing needs. Whether you're a contractor, a manufacturing company, or if you just need janitorial or clerical work for your business. Roebuck Staffing also does temporary to permanent and direct hiring. Roebuck Staffing is your trusted partner for all of your staffing needs and employment opportunities. Call Roebuck Staffing at 252-364-8700 or find them online at roebuckstaffing.com. Turn your backyard into a paradise for your family and friends to enjoy. Pool Pro installs fiberglass pools and above-ground pools, and they're your local dealer for hot spring spas. Pool Pro is family-owned by Mike, Jake, and Brooke and has over 40 years of pool-building experience. Stop by their brand-new showroom and retail store at 227 Beacon Drive in Winterville. Consider Pool Pro for your next pool, hot tub, or pool liner replacement. Go online to greenvillepoolpro.com. Uptown Brewing Company is your friendly neighborhood brewery on Evans Street. Pirate fans, come hang out at Uptown Brewing Company after the game and choose from several beers brewed on site. Uptown Brewing is a beautiful facility with a spacious tap room. Enjoy some pints and have food delivered by several nearby restaurants. Open 2 to 10 p.m. Tuesday through Thursday, 2 to midnight on Friday and Saturday, and 11 to 9 on Sunday. Stay classy, Greenville. Come enjoy a pint tonight at Uptown Brewing Company. Welcome to Us Cellular, where new and current customers choose any phone they want for free. Free? Even the one with 5G and lots of storage? Free. And the one with the latest everything? Free. At U.S. Cellular, any phone you see is free, whether you're a new or current customer. U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Terms apply. See uscellular.com for details. We all love using Uber Eats, DoorDash, and grocery pickup. It makes life so much easier. Well, now there's cellular delivery, and the team at Cellular Warehouse has perfected the process. They will deliver your new phone right to your door with all your information loaded on the new phone, 
And the best thing is there's no charge for this awesome service. That's right, no charge for their delivery, and you don't have to waste half a day sitting in the cellular store. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 and let his team of experts make your cellular delivery today. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. cellular authorized agent serving all of Eastern Carolina. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Pirate Report brought to you by our pirate partners, Moore's Old Time Barbecue Chicken and Seafood. Bring the whole family for great food. If it's not Moore's, it's less. Caripsy Restaurant in Emerald Isle. Exceptional steak, locally sourced seafood, and delicious signature cocktails. Fantastic Sam's Cut and Color. Eastern North Carolina's Fantastic Sam's are locally owned and operated to make you look great. Head football coach Mike Houston thanked the fan base for the record crowd this Saturday. You know, first just want to start off with just, you know, thanking our fan base, uh, our alums. What a what an incredible opener. Um, you know, who, who would have ever imagined, uh, you know, Daddy Ficklin Stadium getting back to this. And it's, you know, I, I talked about it when I was hired, that we, that was the goal was to get, get the fan base back united and get, get everybody back involved and invested in the program. And, and certainly, you know, Pirate Nation's done their part in, in responding. And it's, you know, the, the stadium was just incredible on Saturday. Uh, it's what we all want. You know, fans want it, the players want it, the administration, the coaches. I mean, it's, it's what we all want. It was, it was fantastic. And so, and, uh, and, and just what a, what a great game against a, uh, a very good opponent. And uh, just really pleased with how the players uh, responded, particularly in the second half, uh, and just played so well down the stretch. Uh, you know, just the fourth quarter, the way our, our kids competed. That'll do it for your 94-3 The Game Pirate Report.